from Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Dairy Show. I'm your host, Katie Schmidt, and joining me for this week's episode is Stan Moore with Michigan State University. Welcome to the show, Stan. Good morning, Katie. It's good to be here. Well, we are grateful to have you with us this week as we talk about labor management and human resources. And before we get into that, I'm going to have you take a moment and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background in your culture. Sure. Be happy to. Well, actually, I, I we go way back. I grew up on a dairy farm in Michigan, but we won't go too far. Back. Um, but I did start with uh, Michigan State University about 30 years ago, uh, coming up here actually this month. And um, for the last few years, I've had an opportunity to serve as a farm business management educator up in the northern part of the state. So I think northern lower peninsula and the eastern UP. So I service about 24 counties across that area, specifically in farm business management. In that position or with that title, what does that relationship look like for you with farmers and what are you helping them with? I do a lot with farm business management at the at those 24 county level where we're looking at farm financial analysis. So we look at, you know, how did they perform last year, their business, um, looking at uh, a lot of different financial measurements, but certainly, you know, profitability, net worth, cash flow, um, really helping them understand their business better. Uh, we help them uh, with their accounting records as well and just help them improve in that area so they can really understand their business. And we'll also look at business plans. Um, so, you know, what are, are they looking at transitioning to the next generation? Uh, maybe they're looking at another enterprise that they're going to add to their farm. So we'll model some of that out with them as well. So it's, it's kind of a neat opportunity to work with farms across the spectrum. So I do a lot with dairy farms, but I also work with fruit farms, crop farms, beef farms, um, whoever will have me. A lot of diversity. And, and one of those uh, topics that I believe you cover a lot with farmers is labor management. And if I understand all of this correctly, labor management is synonymous with human resources. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, there's, there's kind of two parts of the, the whole human resource management sector. There's kind of the typical HR, legal paperwork, all that type of thing. And and I do um, try to put together some materials on that for farms that we include up on our website about ag labor law in Michigan. And we do a new hire checklist that kind of helps them through that process. But the part that I more, get more excited about is employee development, because that's kind of the positive end of things. And, and how, do we, um, how do we really uh, teach new employees? How do we coach them? Um, how do we uh, you know, help them to be as successful as they can in the jobs that they're in? How do you coach them? Tell me, tell me more about that. What are some of the, the resources that you're providing for farmers and what does that look like in a, an applicable way? You know, there's the, um, there's the whole idea that we provide training. And in our research, um, that's certainly an area that we've shown that is a weakness on kind of your average farm, if you will. There's certainly some that do a great job of providing training and really engaging employees' minds in their work and all of the different employee development things that we would talk about. But as a whole, we don't do a really good job at uh, employee training. But then on top of knowing the right thing to do, the coaching part comes in actually doing the right thing. 
you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we all have those kind of days too, where we know that we probably should do it this way, but maybe it's a little easier to do it this way today. Um, and so it's really showing employees, teaching employees the why behind the instruction. And so why is it really important to do this? So that when you're on the second shift and nobody's watching and gosh, it would be easier to just do this uh, milking procedure a little bit simpler. Why is the manager want me to do it this other way? What's the critical factors in there and why we've chosen to use that protocol? So that's really the coaching part of it is, is the performance during the job versus, you know, just knowing the right things to do, having the head knowledge of knowing what to do. Right. And I think one of the terms that you use is the helpful employee. And we put that in air quotes, I suppose. But do you want to explain that term and, and how that relates to this as well? Yeah, I wrote an article a, a little while back about the helpful employee, um, because what we would see on farms, we, we did some uh, work at MSU where we were taking uh, what they call body or vadia units into the parlor and looking at um, basically allowing the cow to give feedback on the protocol and how well the protocol was doing. What we noticed in that process is that you could have the best routine, and let's say you've got two people in the parlor, they each have five cows in their group they're working on, it's a double 10 parlor, and you've got another person pushing cows. So they go out, fetch the cows, and then they really don't have anything to do at that point in time. So you say, well, you, got, you can go and help the guys in the parlor, you know, while they're, they're milking. That person could come in and do helpful things like, um, fill the tea dip cups or take care of the rags or whatever else, you know, to kind of keep the process going. But if they just jump in and start prepping cows um, or start putting milkers on before the cow has had the necessary delay between prep and attachment, they can really throw off the protocol. And so they're trying to be helpful, but because they don't understand the why behind the procedure, they can cause more problems than they're then they're really helping in the parlor. So how do you positively readjust that person's perception on what they're doing? Or how do you how do you rework that helpfulness into a way that's actually helpful? I think you start back, let's let's take a couple steps back and say, okay, we have the right training in place. Okay, so they really do understand what the protocol is supposed to be on the farm. We've really showed them the goals that we're trying to achieve and how what they do fits into those goals. So that's two important components. And then it's, and then it's being present. You know, that means even on that, that second, third shift, you know, that uh, depending on your, your milking procedures, but boy, in the middle of the night, somebody's still got to check in. Somebody's still got to know, and it's not to catch them at doing things wrong. It's as, as much you should be trying to catch them at doing things right as well, right? But you should, but you need to be out there present, reinforcing. Well, I just just saw you do this with that cow. You know, talk to me about why you you skip that particular uh, part of the procedure. Um, and it's really just being present, so they know not that you're looking over their shoulder all the time, but they know that what you're telling them is important to you, and and you're going to reinforce that why that needs to happen. So it's doing it in a positive way, but but still being being present is really what what matters a lot. <laughs> sure, which is, you know, goes hand in hand with just good management, right, of, of people. So how, what kind of resources are out there for farm managers or herd managers or people managers that they can use to become as good at managing people as they are at managing cows? 
Yeah, there's there are there are some resources for sure. There was uh, actually a, a series that um, my colleague Phil Durst and I have done a lot of uh, employee development work together, and he put together a uh, a series with hordes um, that was a uh, milking protocol type training that uh, that you would read, uh, look at various articles, uh, walk through with employees, and then talk about it. So that's that's something that we would really encourage employers to do is use the resources that are at your fingertips first of all, and so. Um, Phil calls it a hordes hour. It could be any other n unnamed magazines while we're on your podcast. But, you know, use a hordes hour. Sit down and, and have them read an article. Um, you read the article as well. Maybe it's on, a, on a, something new that somebody's written on, on milking protocols and uh, milk quality. And talk with them about that. And, you know, sit down afterwards, talk about, well, what did they think? How could we do things different on our farm? Really get them engaged and thinking through the process. So. Other resources, we have a, a website that we keep at the uh, MSU Dairy Team as well as at the um, MSU Farm Business Management Team around employee development. And so they can check those resources out. Phil and I have put up a number of articles as well as, as some guides, um, some uh, resources on there. Um, and then we do have something that we've been working on for a few years at MSU called Farm Employee University. It's a course uh, through the university. It's, it's a free course. Um, employers can have their employees sign up. Uh, they can walk through it. We encourage employers to walk through it too, but it basically has four modules that are about milking and safety and feeding and working in the parlor. And that's being uh, put into, uh, translated into Spanish as well now. Uh, more than translated, it'll actually be separate Spanish modules because we have a couple of individuals are on our team that are bilingual. So they can check out that resource as well. And if they just search on Farm Employee University, it'll direct them to the web page and they can see how to sign up. But that's a way that they can use that. But again, we really encourage employers to go through that training with their employees because one, you, you kind of want to know what they're learning. But two, you should be talking about it afterwards. That's the coaching part is, is really sitting down, visiting about it, um, looking for applications on your farm, helping them understand what will or won't work um, in your farm's protocols. Yeah. And if you're both taking the same trainings, you can actually speak the same language when you're talking about protocols. So that makes a lot of sense to do yeah. that together. Yep. So one of the other important pieces in employee management is hiring the right people too. How can farms try to, you know, stack the cards in their favor that they are hiring or finding the right people to work in their business? Yeah. And, and, uh, we have some conversations with employers on this too. I, I really talk about making this a priority on your farm. Um, if you really want to, you know, be hiring top 10% employees, whatever, whatever position you're looking for, you certainly aren't looking to hire, you know, the bottom 10%, right? So that means that you have to, first of all, be um, known as a top 10 employer. Um, and so your reputation is huge when you're out there on the, on the job market looking for employees. There's a number of ways. And so that's doing the employee development stuff that we just talked about, right? Because your reputation will get out ahead of you. So once you've, once you've, um, you're making improvements in those areas and your employees would recognize that you're making improvements in those areas, then you can really start to have a positive impact on that recruitment. So our research again would show that, um, while number one, it's well known that word of mouth is probably the main recruitment methods still, especially on farms. 
And so what your employees then say, their words of mouth becomes very important, right? So they, they need to see you as a good quality employer, and then they need to be equipped, equipped to share that with other individuals. I talk to farms about, you know, look at, first of all, having a job description, which some farms don't have and some do, and it's not a lot of work to put that together, and it makes you think through the position, and there's a lot of good things that come out of a job description. So start with a good job description, put together a, an announcement of that job, and make it easy for your employees to be able to pass that on. So whether that's on a little business card or a card they could hand to a friend, in English and in Spanish, if you have a clientele and current employees that are Spanish speaking, you want to make it as easy on them as possible to share that. Send them an email that they can send on to friends. Make it as easy as possible for them to do a good job of helping you recruit. And then look for, you know, we can't look for employees in just one way anymore. We can't just put something in the local paper. So, you know, how accessible is your farm to people stopping by? Are you holding events ever at your farm so people can, you know, see what kind of farm you are? Are you um, working with local high schools or schools in general to bring out a tour every once in a while so youth can see what your farm is like? Are you re working with local community colleges with internship programs? We have ag tech in Michigan that requires an internship. So if your farm's not on that list, it should be. Um, and that's just multiple ways of getting out the word, you know, that uh, that you're a good employer and um, letting people know more about your farm. So, but we'd be happy to, you know, I'm always happy to talk with individuals about it. So if any of your listeners want to just call and talk about employee recruitment and development, I'm always happy to do that. That's what I love to hear. So how does the family dynamic fit into all of this? If we're going to try to bring in a family member into the business, whether it's as a, an employee or a manager, as an owner, what does that look like? Or how does that change the, the game that we're, we're in? Long time ago, had uh, Dr. Bernie Irvin, um, who is a professor emeritus for Ohio State University, came and spoke at one of my programs. And he said, you know, what one group of individuals uh, doesn't get an interview. And uh, so he was really encouraging, you know, we need to treat family more like we would employees, um, any employee that we would hire on the farm. They deserve it. We deserve it. We should be interviewing them. We should be asking them, you know, what are you going to bring to this operation? You know, what position do we need to fill? And do they have the qualities to fill that job? I often talk with farms that are looking at succession plans of, you know, you're not doing your children a, a favor by putting them in a farm position that they're not capable or interested in, you know, being a part of and uh, leading. So um, we really need to, to make sure that it's a good fit. Um, there's nothing harder than firing a family member. So let's make sure that we're hiring uh, correctly. And um, so I encourage them to you know, to work that same process with family members as they would for non-family members. I think it's a great idea for family members to go to college or to go work for another farm for a year or two uh, and then come back. It kind of takes away the entitlement type thing of, you know, they're just going to step in and the heir apparent and all that type of things that can have some long-term employees really concerned about, you know, what's life going to be like with the new person. And so, and it's good for them to see an outside perspective. So we really encourage people to step step away if they're not 
going to take a uh, a tech program or get a bachelor's degree, at least um, go to another farm and work for a couple of years before coming back and uh, see that they really are going to enjoy that type of position. How do you have the conversation if the family member isn't a good fit for the operation or maybe it's just not a good fit currently and there's not room now, but maybe down the road? How, how do you encourage farmers and owners to have those conversations with their family members? couple of things. Um, one is to really sit down and talk about each other's goals. Um, that needs to happen probably separately at first and then together. Um, but really, where do you see where do you see yourself in this farm? Where do you want this farm to go in the future? Um, see if there's a um, you know really a way to mesh those goals together. There will always be conflict between the goals because parents are going to see different things differently than their kids. But you at least need to have that conversation and really think through, you know, is this going to make sense? Secondly, um, you know, really look at is that individual, you know, are there some skills that they do need to improve on before they're able to step into a particular area of the business? So maybe they're not the, the CEO of the operation right away, you know, maybe there's some other role for them in the business. Um, and so we'll see businesses do that as well. And then a really important part that doesn't get thought about when you're first looking at that type of a relationship is, is what happens if things don't work. And so we, we encourage, we always encourage, you know, buy sell agreements and having things in an, in a, uh, a business plan that says what's going to, what happens when it's not, if, uh, what happens when something, a person leaves for whatever reason, tragedy or otherwise, you know, how does the business keep operating? So, Having those tough discussions up front, I think, is really important. It gets people thinking about, you know, taking this as a serious business opportunity. Um, the younger generation really needs to think about because the, the pie doesn't just automatically become bigger, right, for them to step into the business. So they really should be looking at how am I going to bring another, I say, $100,000 uh, of income to the farm operation. And then I've had some farms say that's not near enough. It needs to be higher than that. <laughs> But if you're going to, you know, you can't expect mom and dad to uh, take nothing out of the business um, once you arrive. And so the business has to grow in some way. It's either got to grow in size or um, maybe a new enterprise, but there's got to be some way to increase the size of the pie for you to become involved. So as a son and daughter coming into the business, it's on you to have put some thought into that as to how that could happen. So do you encourage those types of conversations to happen just between the family members or are you trying to bring in an outside source or are you being an outside source for farmers to to have those discussions and hopefully very honestly? The answer would be yes uh, <laughs> I, um, on all of those. So, I mean, some some families, um, just family dynamics and the, the level of communication they have, they go forward and, and don't need a lot of outside input. I've had uh, some farms that because I'm working closely with them already, it makes sense to bring in a, a different person that they feel comfortable that doesn't know either, you know, the first generation, second generation, you know, they can they can easily work through that process. But I have sat down with a number of farms as well and kind of walked through that process. And we try to get them to a point where they know what they want uh, the new business to look like. They know how they want to make that transition. And then it's time to bring in a, an attorney that knows agriculture to actually draw up the documents um, because we can't, can't take them that last step. We're not, uh, we're not lawyers. 
So one of the other things that you've been mentioning along the way is the importance of goals in the farm from perspectives and whatnot, but how do you encourage people to go about creating those goals? And are, are we talking short-term, long-term? Is it the combination of the two? How often should you reevaluate your goals? That type of thing. Yeah, it is a combination of the two because I think a farm has to have some long-term goals. And those, uh, you know, I've saw those very nicely put on top of like an agenda for your managers that you might have, you know, here's the places that we want to go. But those should those should show up also on the farm. You know, this is this is our passion. This is where we're headed. You know, this is what's important to us. And we also think key performance indicators are important, right? So those are the, the shorter term goals that employees are going to see on a regular basis. And they're going to see those goals. Um, maybe they're on charts. Maybe they're um, you know, in the break room, but that's not good enough to just put them there. We also have to bring attention to them. Okay. We can't just write them. I've had instances where we've been in parlors and we ask employees about the beautiful chart that's posted at the front of the parlor and they have no idea that the chart was even there. So we have to be talking to them as managers about why this is important, how what they do fits into that. Okay. And if they, if we do a good job with that, explaining those goals, how their work fits into that, um, and we're providing the training they need, then they can begin to start to feel what we would call autonomy. And some managers that I talk to would be scared to death of that because they think that means employees do what they want to do. That's not what autonomy is. Autonomy is, is doing is having permission to do the right thing without somebody looking over your shoulder. And that requires that they've received really good training that they know what the boundaries are. My friend Bob Milligan would say uh, that's chalking the field. Um, so they need to have some idea of this, you know, what their parameters are that they're working in. And then if you've trained them well, let them do their job. You know, we can't, we will not be able to ever present every possible scenario to an employee in what they're supposed to do in that instance. So they have to know the goals. They have to know where we're trying to get to. They have to be trained well so that if a cow does X in the parlor, they kind of know what they need to do to keep everything moving in the direction that it's supposed to, to meet the, the goals. And they have the confidence to take care of it, to get through that milking shift or to the next break. And then if they've got some questions, they can come and talk to you about it. But they had enough confidence to do the right thing at the right time. And then they can come and clarify it with you afterwards. But what autonomy is not is you having to look over your shoulder at your employees and looking for them to do the next wrong thing. If you're having to do that, <laughs> um, they're not there. And, and they're not there because, you know, you need to provide that training, that coaching to get them to that position. So and KPIs are an important part of that. It's giving them that level of understanding to be able to become autonomous. Sure. So these trainings that you talk about, is this a, a, like a, a step in the onboarding process that you're training each employee specifically to your SOPs? Or do you recommend that farmers send their employees to larger training courses and learn industry standards? Or, or is it better to be more personalized and more farm specific? Yeah, I, I like all of the above. What we found in our research was actually most employees said that the former, they said they only receive training at hiring. Employers think they give training more often than that. So sometimes there's a, there's a misunderstanding on what training is, but we really do need to 
provide continuous training. And I, you know, obviously we need to spend a lot of time up front with that onboarding process, you know, plan on having a few days uh, with that employee yourself, not all day with you, but you need to be checking in on a regular basis during that first week. Most employees will decide right away whether they're going to stay with you or not. Um, so you need to spend that time up front with them. You definitely don't want them having checked out and then two years later, <laughs> you know, leaving. <laughs> so they really haven't been with you much for two years. So you need to spend that investment up front. Second, yeah, I like sending them to trainings and then coming back and talking about what they learned. Um, so I do like getting them off the farm, but we know that's difficult. Um, so those are going to be probably less frequent um, than we'd like them to be. So then we follow that up with those, the hordes hour that we mentioned earlier, you know, the magazine reading and then talking about that, you know, learning, using every opportunity we can to just pick up, the pick up a magazine and read an article and talk about it, listen to a, a podcast on their own time and, and then come back and talk about it. And then, you know, just engage them in that process to see if, you know, see what they're learning, uh, make sure that it's applicable to your farm. What other resources are virtually available now or where can people go to find more information or how can they get a hold of you if they want to learn more from you specifically, Stan? As I mentioned earlier, there's a couple of web pages that I contribute to. Um, there's one that they can search for MSU Farm Business Management. Um, there's also the MSU Dairy Team. I contribute uh, information to the both of those uh, sites. So uh, feel free to check those out, search for those. And um, we've got lots of uh, resources on there. And, and you're more than welcome to contact me as well here in Michigan. My email address is pretty simple. It's just morest, M-O-O-R-E-S-T, at msu.edu. And um, you can also reach out to me by phone at 231-533-8818. That's my office number. And uh, any message, uh, voice message that you leave for me comes straight to my email. So always happy to respond and have conversations around employee management. I think it's, a, it's, it's an area that we can all learn in. Unfortunately, a lot of us, even if you've gotten your bachelor's degree in animal science from one of the universities, human resource management is not something that is required oftentimes. And, uh, and so we learn these things on the farm and, I, and I'm part of that group of learning as well. And so I'm always happy to talk to farms about what they're doing, what's working, what's not working. And just recognize that this is an area just like any other part of your management that you can get better at incrementally uh, and that your employees will recognize it as you're following through on what you learn. It's, it's got a great opportunity to not only reduce your headaches as a manager, but also allow you and your employees to become more effective. Thank you for being a part of the podcast, Stan. You're welcome, Katie. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 